the worst thing you could do is, is compare yourself to somebody else because you do not know where their starting line is and you don't know where their finishing line is. All you can do is be the best person you can be and just leave it, leave it to go with that. And if you have goals and people tell you that's crazy, but you have a fire in the belly, whatever that goal is, and it really is driving you, you need to go forward with that. It, 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 it's, it's a calling to you. Don't worry about what other people think about it. Welcome to Mindfully Chaotic. I'm Amanda Marie, New England-based intuitive healer, community builder, manifestation artist, and founder of Wicked Smart Wellness. Life is a journey unique to each and every one of us with ups and downs and curves and an infinite amount of possibilities. I know firsthand what it's like to feel defeated, but I've learned how to challenge life and create opportunities in abundance for myself as I move forward down any and every path I choose. My intention is to guide you to harness your own power to create for yourself the journey that you thought was only possible in your dreams. Growth does not need to happen alone, so between myself and occasional guests from the community, I will share with you the tools to shift your mindset, strengthen your intuition, and bring forward all of your intentions. When you live and speak your truth, what you say and do will manifest. Thank you for listening. To mindfully chaotic. What do you do when someone tells you that you can't do something? Today's guest was told that he would never be able to walk, so instead he decided to run, to run his life his way. Paul Fortune was born with cerebral palsy, and it was so severe that the doctors told his mom he would never be able to walk. Thank goodness he had a wonderful mom who had a great mindset because this was not his story. He was able to overcome it and is now able to live a very active life, overcoming any obstacle that came in his way and showing the world that he was in control of his own life. As a mindset coach, Paul shares his story with his clients to help them rewrite their own stories to go after their true dreams and desires. It's with great pleasure and great honor that I introduce to you, Paul Fortune. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mindfully Chaotic. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with someone who has quite the story to tell. So before I go on and on and start, you know, telling you my version of it, I'm going to just let him tell you himself. So I, with great pleasure and great honor, introduce to you all, Paul Fortune. Hey, man, thanks for the opportunity to talk today. I really appreciate it. Uh, So my story um, starts like pretty much everybody at birth, but I was born with something called cerebral palsy. And if your viewers don't know what cerebral palsy is, it's lack of oxygen to the brain at labor. And as a result of this lack of oxygen to the brain at labor, it can leave one side of the body paralyzed and it can affect your speech. And these things are permanent. These do not go away. You have it for life. So when I was born, I wasn't moving the right side of my body very much. And naturally, my mother was very concerned about that. So she took me to the doctor to get some testing done on what was, what was the issue with me. And that's when I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. And this doctor at the time thought it was so severe that he thought that I would never, ever be able to walk. And when I got to a certain age, it would be a good idea to get me in a wheelchair because that was going to be my life going forward. Well, I've had uh, several conversations with my mom about about that moment in time. And naturally she was crushed, uh, cried herself to sleep that night, wondering what was going to happen to her baby boy when she, when he was older, how was he going to go through life in a wheelchair, not being able to walk all these crazy thoughts going through her head. 
she woke up the next morning and she got me ready to start the day. And she looked down at me and uh, I'm an infant at the time, but I gave her a look. If to say, mom, don't let this be my story. And that mama bear started raging inside my mother. And she made it her mission to make sure that her baby boy walked. So she got a second opinion, a third opinion, a fourth opinion, a fifth opinion, finally found a physician willing to help. And with this physician's help and me doing physical therapy five to six times a week and my mom's unrelentless attitude to make sure that I walked, I was able to walk at age three. Now, I don't really remember that. Obviously, that's a huge feat, but it was huge. But I do remember being put into soccer roughly around when I was about five or six years old. And at the time, I probably could run 25 to 50 yards before my leg would give out and I couldn't run anymore. So I'm basically standing there on the soccer field while uh, kids are playing soccer around me. And I'll never forget this because this was a pivotal point in my life and, and, um, and how I perceive things. I went to my mom after practice. And uh, I told my mom, I don't want to play soccer anymore. This is ridiculous. I'm just staying there. Kids are making fun of me. I'm not having fun. I want to just quit. Let's stop this. And I remember what my mom told me at that time. She said, Paul, if you don't want to play soccer anymore, that's fine. But you need to honor your commitments. So you need to finish out that soccer season. If you don't want to play soccer after that, that's your prerogative. And that's exactly what has happened. I I finished out that soccer season. I'm 41 years old. I haven't played soccer since that time in my <laughs> life. I'm five or six years old. Um, but I got a big break right after that soccer season. I got surgery on my right foot to get me a little bit more spring in my step to tighten up the tendon. Um, and I didn't know how much of a game changer was going to be, but it was a huge game changer in my life. I switched schools around this time. And I remember my first day, first grade PE, we did our stretches. And the teacher says, okay, guys, run, run, run your lap. And I'm thinking to myself, here we go again. I'm going to run 25 to 50 yards. I'm going to have to stop. These kids are going to see that, and they're going to start to tease me. But because of the surgery, it was different. I was able to go that past that point where I normally have to stop. And I remember saying to myself, come on, Paul. You got this, buddy. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And I finished the lap with the other kids on the outside. I kept it cool, but the inside I was like, yes, yes, yes. The first time in my young life where I just fit in, I didn't stand out. It was just so good. Such a great feeling for me. And because of that surgery, things did get easier for me, but I wouldn't consider them easy. When I was 12 or 13 years old, my parents got divorced. Uh, so I had to switch schools and that's a tough age to switch schools, middle school, junior high, Kids are going through hormonal changes. They're becoming teenagers. Uh, and a lot of them have been going to school with each other for years and years, and they already formed their cliques. So they have no time for, for anybody new. And I'm a new kid. Plus, I walk with a limp and I hold my right arm differently. So it was even tougher for me getting into the school. I'm pretty much bullied, teased pretty much every single day, spit on, slammed down. And I came from this old school mentality, which which is wrong. Uh, looking back, I know it's wrong now, but at the time, you didn't squeal, you didn't tattle. So I just suffered inside and didn't tell anybody what was going on. And while all this was going on, on top of this, I was raised Catholic. So my mom wanted me to go to a Catholic high school. So I had to take an assessment test to see where they're going to place me when I got to high school. Well, I must have bombed it because when I met with the principal and my mother, uh, the principal tells the both of us they're going to put me at the lowest level possible, and she doesn't expect much from me. 
I don't seem like I'm college material. After one test, this principal says this to us. So now I think I'm stupid and I have to go back to school and I'm being bullied and teased. I have no release. I'm crying myself to sleep most nights going, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why can't I just be like everybody else? And Amanda, I don't know what came over me, but starting in eighth grade, I was sick and tired of feeling angry and sad all the time. I knew deep down those weren't my go-to emotions, but because of the environment I was in, those were the emotions that were coming up most of the time for me. And I thought, what if I set a goal for myself to kind of distract me from all this noise and I just focus in on this, on this goal and that will help me get through all this hard time. And I thought, well, what goal could I set for myself? And at the time I loved baseball. So I thought, what if I set a goal to make my varsity baseball team in high school? So I started playing fall ball, winter ball, spring ball. And if I wasn't doing that, I was throwing a tennis ball against the wall. And I was doing this over and over again. And I, I, a coach comes up to me uh, one season and goes, Paul, man, you play a lot of baseball. What do you want to do with this? And at the time, I didn't want to tell him that my goal was to make my varsity baseball team because I didn't want him to laugh at me. But he finally got it out of me. And I thought he was just going to laugh it off saying, whatever, man. But he paused for a second and he said, that's doable. And I'm like, what? That's doable? It's doable? He goes, yeah, it is doable. But you got to have other people keep you accountable for your goal. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? He goes, you got to tell other people about your goal. So tomorrow after practice, you're going to go in front of the team and tell your team that that's your goal. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. They're going to tease me. They're going to laugh at me. He goes, Paul, the only way you're going to accomplish this goal is other people need to keep you accountable. So you need to do it. So I said, okay. So the next day after practice, I was shaking and I got in front of the team and I told the team my goal and they didn't laugh at me. They clapped. And I know this now, I didn't know this when I was going through this journey. I was starting to change my energy. I started to keep more confidence in myself. I had my shoulders back, my head up. And as a result of this new energy, I was sending out towards kids Kids started sending a different energy back towards me. Instead of bullying and teasing me, they started rooting for me. So my middle school, junior high career was much different than my high school career, all because of my energy shift. And that alone is the, is the win. That, that is it right there. But the cherry on top of the whole thing was I was able to make my varsity baseball team as a junior and a senior. In my senior year, I pitched a three-heeled shutout. They poured the Gatorade on me, and I felt so alive. I felt so good about myself. It was, it was a great, great feeling. I graduate high school, and I really start to reflect on that, on that goal I set for myself years earlier uh, about making my varsity baseball team. When I first made that goal, I thought there's no way I was going to do it. It was just a way to distract me from all the bullying I was, I was feeling, but I was able to do it. So I started to think about what that principal said to me years earlier about not being college material. See, all through high school, I pretty much mailed it in. I just did enough to stay eligible to play baseball because in the back of my head, I'm like, why go any further? I'm not college material. Just do enough to get by and move on with yourself. And that's the mentality I had all through high school. So my grades weren't that great. But I thought, what if I set another goal for myself and say that I am college material? So I enrolled in a junior college because that was the only place that would accept me at the time. I got myself a math tutor, another tutor for other subjects. I went to the math lab. I did everything necessary to increase my grade point average. And I took my barely a 2.0 all the way to 3.5, where I was able to transfer to a four-year university. And I was able to graduate and become college material. And I so wanted to go back to that principal and say, see, see, you were wrong. 
I was college material, but you know, I thought about that. I'm like, you know what? I probably should thank this principal because all through college, I had her voice playing over and over and over in my head. And I was thinking, saying to myself, I'll show you I'm college material. So I really hit the books hard and was motivated just because of that. So maybe that was her goal along. I don't know. So I just move on. So now I'm 22, 23 years old. I have no life experience whatsoever. I have no idea what the heck I want to do with my life. And a family friend who runs a bank, a CEO of a bank, comes to me and goes, Paul, hey, I ever thought of being, about being a mortgage loan officer? I can hire you. And I'm like, why not? I'm not doing anything else. Let's go. So he hires me in. And I get in and no one wants to talk to me. I'm sitting alone at lunch. I barely can get anybody to say two words to me. I haven't felt this way since middle school. I'm like, what in the heck is going on? And I quickly realized what the issue was. Everybody knew I knew the CEO of the company. So it wasn't because of my talents, it was because of who I knew. So I really didn't deserve to be there. So what they were going to do is they were going to chew me up and spit me out. But I, I dug in. I said, well, I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to be something in this company. So I had a positive attitude. I didn't, I didn't complain about the workload. And from afar, because they didn't want to talk to me, I was observing what top loan officers did in the company. And I'll never forget my first day of wanting to go out in the field and get loans for the first time. The, the CEO of the company, my family friend, stops me and goes, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm ready. I'm going to go out and get loans. He's like, no, 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 no. You are not ready. Let's get you some more training and we'll get you out there. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I got this. Let's go. So he's all right. So I go out there and he's 100% right. I need more training. I fell on my face left and right. I was getting abused by these clients. It was a tough, tough, tough go. But slowly but surely, months would go by. And I started to figure out value I could add to these clients. And I started bringing in loans and more loans and more loans. And two years later, I became a top producer in this company. And the people who didn't want to talk to me when I first got there are now coming to me with questions on how I was able to get so many loans in such a short period of time. And I really, really enjoyed the mortgage industry. And I thought this was going to be my career for life. It was going to be great. Um, but then in 2008, 2009 hit and the economy, tanked it. And I would get a job in the mortgage industry, the company would go belly up. I'd get another job in the mortgage industry, and that company would go belly up. And this happened three or four times. So I was really starting to lose the luster of, of doing the, the business. And I remember the last place I was at, they brought in this motivational speaker to, to motivate us to bring up our sales numbers. And the guy blew me away. The guy was tremendous. The guy was awesome. So after the presentation, I went up to him to tell him, what a great job he did. And he was very, very gracious. He allowed me to pick his brain a little bit. And he said he started as a life coach. I'm like, life coach? What in the heck is that? And I'm like, oh, oh. When he explained it to me, I'm like, maybe that's what I want to do. So I started to get my coaching certificate while I was doing the mortgage stuff. And I started telling people, hey, I want to do this coaching thing. And they're like looking at me going, okay, whatever, life coach. Get out loans. They're humoring me and such. But things started to get serious. Yes, I started posting things on social media. I got my website up and the legal team uh, at, at the time came to me that were at the company I was working with came up to me and said, what are you doing? And I was very transparent. I said, well, this is my full time job as a mortgage loan officer, but I want to do this coaching thing on the side. And they're like, this could be a conflict of interest. We're going to have to get back to you on that. I'm like, uh oh, that doesn't sound good. And they came back with a five page report of what I couldn't couldn't say. And I'm like, dude, there's no way I'm going to make any traction in the coaching world if I follow this to the T. So I spent a year just paying down all my debts, but my head down worked very, very, very hard. And a year later, I quit. 
and people are like, what in the heck are you doing, buddy? You're a mortgage loan officer. You just made President's Club. You're awesome at it. This is what you do. What's this life coaching thing? It's pie in the sky nonsense. This is what are you doing? And I'm like, I want to give this a go. I really, really do. It's a, it feels like a passion to me. And they're like, okay, bud, whatever. You'll be back. And for a while, I thought they were right. I thought I was going to have to come back because I wasn't getting any traction in the coaching world whatsoever. Nobody wanted to use me. And I thought I sat down with myself quietly and asked myself, why do you think that is? And I came to the realization, the real reason it was, is how do I expect people to be vulnerable with me if I'm not vulnerable with them? See, the story I told you about having cerebral palsy, I wanted to bury that story. I didn't want to tell anybody that story because all through growing up, all I wanted to do was fit in. I didn't want any, uh, any special treatment. I just wanted to be treated like anybody else. So if somebody saw me limping, I'd make up an excuse. And if I had to go there to say that I had cerebral palsy, I'd be near in tears. So I didn't want to talk about it. But I thought the only way I'm going to make any traction in the coaching world is if I share my story. So I started telling my story and it was shaky at first. I kept doing it over and over and over again. And I'll never forget my first client ever. He comes up to me and goes, Paul, I don't have cerebral palsy, but I have X, Y, and Z. And I feel like you understand me. I would love to hire you as my coach. And we, and, and I've been building momentum ever since then years later. And now I'm on a mission to make sure that everybody has their pen and writes the story they want for themselves, not for anybody else, but for themselves, because all through my life, people wanted to write the story for me. And all through my life, I've tried, I've taken back the pen said, no, I'm going to write it the way I want to write it. So it's a passion for me to spread that word. And that brings me here to you with you, Amanda. Wow. I can't speak for our listeners, but I know I can't be the only one that gets chills when they hear this story. I am honestly shook to my core. Everything you just said is absolutely incredible. First off, I want to congratulate you because you know what? They told you you would never walk and you decided to run instead. And I think that's absolutely incredible. You took whatever it was that you wanted, whatever it was that you were told you couldn't do. And you said, no, that's not true. I can do whatever I want to do. And I am so inspired by that. I am so inspired by that. And I'm so grateful that you're here sharing this with us today. So just first off, thank you. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. It's just incredible. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying. And I know that, again, I can't speak for all of our listeners and whoever it is that's tuning in, but there's so many things that people get told constantly that they can't do. There's so many times that we have dreams or aspirations and sometimes not even anything that dramatic. Sometimes it's something super simple that you're still told, oh, you can't do that. Like, oh, you're not the best painter that someone's ever seen. So you're not an artist or you like to dance for fun. So like you shouldn't be dancing or singing because you're not a dancer or a singer. Sometimes it is something as simple as that. Or sometimes it is something as serious as being able to walk or being able to function as what you said was normal at first, because they said, you know, trying to fit in to that category that was deemed as what was normal, what was the in, what was right. And, and you just, you know what, you found a different way to do it. So that just goes to show you there's sometimes it's not always the way that you think. Sometimes it's not always going to be a straightforward path and it may not be easy. It may not be simple, but it's still possible. Yeah. I have a saying, if you believe you can achieve. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that anymore. Uh, it's, it's a lot of what I like to talk about. Um, I focus very heavily on mindset and manifestation. I believe that when we are putting 
intention and purpose behind our thoughts that we are able to, like you said, kind of write the script. One of my favorite things to say is, you know, you write the script and then kind of just let the universe play it out. And I believe that you are a prime example of that. But now the thing is, it is easier said than done. Do you, what are, what are some tips that you would share of how to kind of get that first, even just the first step? I mean, it's a huge journey. These are, this is a very long journey, shifting your mindset and taking something that either you want to do or we're told that you can't do and finding a way to do it. So how, how do you begin that? Well, the first things first for me, and, uh, and I share this with all my clients is this. When you start your morning routine, when you wake up before whatever that morning routine is for, I know it's different for everybody else, but take a few minutes to think about what is going right in your life, right this moment, write it down. Because when you do that, you start to prime your brain to look at all the positive things that can happen in your day. You could get something on your phone, free coffee up the day keeps getting better and better and better. Because I, I use this analogy a lot. When you buy a car and you drive that car around, all of a sudden you see that same car you just bought all over the road. You didn't see it before you bought the car, but you see it now. It's the same thing with, with a positive, negative mindset because you can go negative, right? You can have a negative mindset. You get a flat tire on the road going to work and you could say to yourself, this would happen to me. I would get a flat tire. Things like this would happen to me. And I would say to that individual, yes, because you're looking for that. Your mind's looking for that. We need to shift your mind. We need to shift your thinking. And I'm not saying that you can't have bad days. I have bad days all the time. And when you have those bad days, your gratitude piece could be, I'm alive and I could keep going. You know, that could be it for for that day, just because of, of the poor day you had before. But but that is the first things first. And when you start doing that, then you can start getting into boosting your self-esteem because a lot of times when you look in the mirror at yourself, you say things to yourself that you may not say to your worst enemy, but you say to yourself on, on, on a daily basis, and that's not okay. We need to be aware of these thoughts that we're saying to ourselves because you can say to yourself, you know what? Those are just thoughts. They do not have to be my reality. I can change my thinking because I have worth. I have self-esteem. And when you start building your self-esteem, then at that point, let's look at setting goals. Let's look at for your passions. Because when you start doing that, when you start feeling good about yourself and you set a goal, you're going to hit challenges. Everybody does. Every single person. That's life. You're going to hit challenges all over the place. But when you feel good about yourself and you, you know your why and you hit a challenge, you're going to be, okay, this is tough. Let me take a moment. Let's figure it out. Maybe take me a little bit of time, but I'm going to figure it out because I'm going to do whatever it takes because this is my passion. This is my why. And I know deep down I can do it because I have the self-esteem to do it. If you don't have the self-esteem to do it, you set a challenge and you, you say to yourself, man, this is too hard. You start getting excuses and then you quit and you move on and you never, you know, you never complete the task at hand because you don't feel good about yourself and you don't have a strong enough why. So I don't know if that answered your question. I might've gone on a tangent, but I apologize. No, I, these are the type of tangents that I love because it's so true. What it comes back to almost like every single time is gratitude and self-worth. And those are two of my favorite things to talk about because I truly believe that that is a big, 
a big roadblock for most people. It, it, that's what it always comes down to. Even when you're trying to show the gratitude, sometimes it's difficult when you don't feel that self-worth. So I think that that's great, building that self-esteem and kind of realizing that you do have the power. You do deserve it. You do deserve a good day. You do deserve to take the positive out of the negative moments. Find the lesson that's there. Leave it behind you if it doesn't serve your greater good. And, you know, keep moving forward. So I, I truly, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that one of the things that arises for me is because a lot of times when I go on my tangents about this, because trust me, I can, <laughs> I can go on plenty of tangents about this too. Um, one of the first things that people always say to me is, okay, but it's easier said than done. So I'd love to know what your response is to that, because it's true. It is easier said than done. But so what? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you have people in life, you know, from different walks of life and they have different mindsets and this and this and that. And in coaching, I can never tell anybody what to do. I never, ever tell anybody what to do It's my job is to pull it out. And they already have the greatness inside of them. My job is to go in deep and pull it out of them so they could live the life they want to live. Now, if they're resistant for it and saying, woe is me, this and that, there is nothing I can say to change that. So you got to want it. You got to want it. If you do not want it, there, there's no need for the coaching. There's nothing I can say to get you out of it. So you could be on the bottom level uh, ever, right? But you can say to yourself, you know what? I want better for myself. And those are the people that can make the change because they understand, they have awareness. They're like, what I'm doing right now is not working. I need to pivot. I need to change. I need to open up that growth mindset and tr try and try something new. But if you have that fixed mindset, there's nothing I can do to change that. That makes sense. So yes, it's easier said than done, but as long as you want it, it's possible. Yes. 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 And understand you got to give yourself grace and you got to give yourself patience. Um, we often look at that top of that mountain and go, whoa, that mountain is high. I don't know about that. Stop looking at the top of the mountain. What you need to do is look at that next step. Make that step. What small step can I change today? Make it step. Oh, that wasn't so bad. What's the next step I can do? Oh, okay. Let me do that. And before you know it, you're making these small steps and all of a sudden you're halfway up the mountain. That's what we need to do. We need to make the, we need to, we need to break it down smaller. So it's not so overwhelming. When we try to make these big time leaps, that's when we fall into these traps going, oh, it's never going to happen to me. I go, you can't go to A to Z. There's, you know, you got to go A, B, C, D, all the way to Z. You can't just do that. And you got to have, and that's the thing about, um, me too. I, I I have to practice this. Is patience, patient. You know, we're in a society with technology is awesome, where I can get anything in seconds, and if it takes longer than seconds, I'm impatient about it. Well, these some of these goals that you're setting for yourself are lofty, and you can't do it overnight. It, it may take some people years and years and years, but if it's your why, keep going because actually the journey itself should be way more important than the goal itself. I use this analogy all the time. When you see kids building their Legos, they're having the most fun when they're actually building something, when they're creating, when they're in the journey of building something. You know, they have, may have fun uh, showing their siblings or, or their mom and dad what they build afterward. But when they're really having fun and when they're really being creative, actually in the journey. And that's what we need to do as, as a society is embrace the journey. That's the mo most important thing. That's what creates the happiness, being present 
in today, because I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of people that win the lottery, you know, for, for, you know, a couple months or so, they're probably pretty happy because they're buying things they never dreamed they could buy before. But after that, after that, that lure fades, they go back to how they feel right now. And if they're not happy now, that money is not going to change them. So when you, when you do a goal and you accomplish the goal, if you're not happy with yourself now, 99% of the time, you're not going to be happy after you finish the goal. You may have a, a, a window of happiness because you finished the goal, but after a while, you're going to default back to where you are now. So the, the trick is to feel good about yourself right now, not who you were in the past and not who you are in the future, but right this moment. That is great because you use so many of my favorite words. First off, grace, patience. Mm. You know, I don't even know if you threw this one out there, but it popped up in my head when you were saying what you said. And it's trust, kind of trusting yourself, trusting the process, because we do live in a society where instant gratification is just expected. And yeah, sure. That's great. Sometimes it's kind of nice, like you said, that you can type something in and find an answer right away. And it's nice that we can, you know, you can get order something online and have it at your door in two days. But what fun would life really be if we did just get everything we wanted right when we got it? Like you said, embrace the journey, enjoy each step, enjoy each little moment, because it's all building up to something great. And if you just had what was great, then I don't know, I think great would lose its value at that point. Absolutely. Uh, you, if you don't know the lows, you know, greatness wouldn't feel so sweet. You know, knowing the struggles that people go through. I mean, like when people win championships or they get somewhere, when they're cheering, when they're celebrating, they're they're flipping back to all those lows and all those hard work they put in and what what it took to get to that to that point. And the, and if they didn't have those lows and they didn't have that training, they wouldn't feel that celebration at that same level if it was just like, okay, I just did it and it and it worked out. And anything you do in in dance and acting and work and inventing, whatever. If it, if you didn't have any lows, you wouldn't enjoy the highs. That makes sense. Cause what do you even compare it to at that point? All yeah. of a sudden life just becomes a consistency of greatness. Then eventually the greatness won't even feel that great. It's going to just feel like normal life. That isn't that exciting that you didn't have to work for. It's all just coming in. And I think that that's actually, you know, it, it shows a lot about the abundant versus the fixed mindset as well, because when you're searching for that abundance, but you are not, um, you're not open to receiving. I'm trying, I'm trying to find the right words for this. Cause I don't want to take it in the, in the wrong direction. So basically I'm trying to say like, when, when we're looking for that abundance, but we are comparing abundance to something specific, not like the actual journey, not the stuff that comes along with it. Like bad things happen. As you mentioned, we all have bad days. I know I have plenty of bad days. And the thing is sometimes when not sometimes, let me rephrase that. Almost every time <laughs> when anything happens, whether it be good or bad, there's a lesson that's attached to it. So when you're out here looking for an abundance, that's just satisfaction an abundance of money an abundance of just all good things. And we're not actually open to receiving the abundance of lessons that come along with the bad things as well. You're shutting the door. You're shutting the door on yourself. You're not allowing yourself to feel these emotions, to feel the worth that comes along with allowing yourself to receive. If that even makes sense. I, I, I know I'm a little all over the place on that one. It's because I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I mean, I guess I can compare it to a personal experience in my life 
where I sometimes, cause you know, I got that chaotic mind. We're listening to mindfully chaotic right now. The whole point is, you know, trying to find a way to live amongst the chaos in a mindful manner. And I have a mind that goes all over the place. Sometimes, sometimes I am just not having a good day. And when I don't have this good day, I find it really difficult to get things done. So I actually have a perfect example of a phone call that I needed to make that would make my life so much easier. It involved childcare for my son. That way I could work, do personal things and just make my life easier because I didn't have to be a full-time mom while also full-time working, while also trying to full-time, you know, like give myself a little time. I put this call off, I don't even know how long it's been. And I finally made the call. And I looked after I hung up the phone, eight minutes and 24 seconds was how long that the call actually took. So I put it off for so long because I was just, oh, it's going to be stressful. It's too much. I don't have the energy to do that right now because I was in that fixed mindset instead of having that abundant mindset where I realized that even though it may be a little stressful, the opportunity that was going to come with it was going to make things 10 times easier for me. And I think that that can happen to people in the simplest ways. And it, it's easy to shut down when that happens. And I, I, I don't know, do you have any tips for when that happens? Yeah, when you were talking, the thing that was coming into my head is in embracing failure. Because a lot of people, it's hard to do. The fear of failure is one of the biggest reasons people don't go after their goals because they go into this, this, the zone of like worst case scenario. I had a client tell me one time and after she verbalized it, she laughed at herself too. And she, she told me it was okay to talk about this. So I asked her, what's the worst thing that would happen if you don't complete this task? And she told me that she would be in a room and all her friends would be around her and everybody she knew, and they would be pointing at her laughing because she failed at something. And I, I stopped and she started laughing because like when she verbalized it, she realized that was just a silly thing to say, you know, and that would not happen. But in your head, you just go down these, these rabbit holes. And I said to her after that, in a joking manner, I go, if, if that is indeed the case, then you need to find some new friends because <laughs> they are not your friends. They're your enemies. <laughs> they're going to laugh at you when you fail. Um, you know, you look at one of the, these, the great inventors or the great businessmen in, in history. And one thing they have in common, all of them have in common is they embrace failure. I, I'm sure none of them like failure, but they embrace it and they learn from it. I mean, I don't know how many uh, failed inventions Thomas Edison did, but it was, it's, thousands and thousands and thousands of inventions that didn't work to the, you know, the 30 that did, but because of the 30 that did, he, you know, he's, he's come down as one of the greatest inventors in American history, if not world history, but he wouldn't have done that if he didn't fail over and over and over again and not get discouraged, but thinking to himself, he's one step closer. When he failed, he's one step closer. All the stuff he learned. If we could look at failure that way, as as a tool to learn, like what you were alluding to, uh, you know, your life would be so much easier. But and, and instead, sometimes when we 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 fail, and sometimes it's not really a failure. We we think it is in our head, and we stop and go, "Oh, I don't want to feel that pain anymore." 
we, you know, we're, we're so comfortable. We want to stay in that comfort zone. And the moment we step out and it's uncomfortable, we're like, oh, okay, no, 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 no. Let's go. Let's go back in there. No, lean into it, lean into it. Because the more you do it, the more you push your comfort zone, the easier it's going to get. The more you stay in that comfort zone, the less and less growth you're going to do. So I don't know if that's kind of, I thought that that's the route you wanted me to take it, but that's what I was thinking when you were talking. Yeah. Awesome. No, I appreciate that. I mean, so when you push your comfort zone, your, your comfort zone is going to expand. Yep. It's going to keep on getting further. All of a sudden you become more comfortable in those areas that you felt like you weren't comfortable in. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It's all about, uh, you know, when you feel uh, in your, this, this feeling will never go away. You know, when you push yourself, you get that tickle in that belly, right? You, you get that tickle in your belly and like, ah, and, and you know what, we should embrace that feeling because we know if you're having that tickle in the belly, you know, you're doing something to push yourself. But the great thing about that tickle in the belly, it's the same tickle in the belly that you get when there's, when you're excited about something. So you can change that narrative. So if you're going for a job interview, you can say, I can't wait for this job interview because I'm going to crush it. I can't wait for this presentation. I'm going to crush it. I can't wait to start my business because I'm going to crush it. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. When you just say that one thing yourself, it changes that narrative in your body. And it's all of a sudden you feel excited as opposed to feeling nervous about it. Oh, I think that's so great. I love that. And you know, it's like, it's kind of what you were getting at with the whole worst case scenario thing. If you sit there and you actually take a moment to acknowledge what the worst case scenario is, it's probably not that bad. Like we create a worst case scenario out of franticness, out of fear, like you said, but realistically, what is the actual worst case scenario? I mean, in your client's case, no one's going to sit there and point and laugh. And worst case scenario in that situation is if someone does, like you said, then you know that you need to find some new friends. And that's a great scenario because now you know to move in a different direction and surround yourself with different people. In my case, this phone call that I was so stressed to make because I wasn't really sure how it was going to go, how long it was going to take, if I'd be able to get other things done around it. Worst case scenario was it was a little bit longer and it would still solve my problem. Best case scenario, it ended up being a very quick and concise call. Now, this goes for everything. That job interview, pursuing a relationship that you may have been hesitant about, that you lose that hesitation and feel the excitement. Because worst case scenario is that you're going to learn something from it either way. Yeah. Oh, most definitely about it. Yeah. And anything like you talk about relationships. Relationships can be scary. Absolutely. Especially if you start to get serious and you start to planning on having kids. And you're in your head going, oh, man, am I going to be a good mom? Am I going to be a good dad? I don't know about this. Ah, your mind starts going down that rabbit hole rather than let, rather than going, you know, what? I'm excited for my first kid to be born. It's going to be great. I'm going to I'm going to take him or her to the park or we're going to play catch. We're going to go to a concert. I'm going to teach them how to talk and they're going to, you know, we're going to have our first pizza or first cake and go down that road of excitement, of great experiences that you're going to have with your kids, as opposed to, oh, no, they, you know, they, they may fall off the, the, the monkey bars and they're going to get hurt. And we're going to be in the emergency room, and to, even though like, you just go down the, that rabbit hole. <laughs> True. And, you know, and the rabbit hole is just so easy. It's so yeah. easy to fall down that rabbit yeah. hole. Like it really is, because it's just once you start thinking and these intrusive thoughts start popping in. Yeah, I understand that it's not like it's not simple to just pass them by, to just knock them out out of your head and say, hey, I don't need you. But when it comes down to it, that is that is what we can do. We have the power to do that, to just be like, oh, you know what? Thank you for raising awareness to what could happen, but I'm not worried about it. I don't need that right now. And you just yeah. kind of like send it on its way. That way you can then reframe it. 
I feel like that's what you've been kind of really like enforcing. And I really like that. It's just reframe that thought, rewrite that story. There's no reason. They, our mind doesn't actually control us. We can control our mind. So control yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can use our mind for good or bad. And it's our choice to make. And, and like you said, it's not to say that we're not going to have bad days. Mm-hmm. It's understandable that things are going to happen that are going to make you feel some type of way. And that's totally okay. But you also have to choose how long you want to sit in it at that point. Uh, yeah, I, I would never expect anybody to ball up their feelings. You know, if they're angry or sad, we're human beings. You're entitled to feel that way. But like you said, how long do you want to feel that way? There's going to be a point in your head going, you know what? I'm sick and tired of feeling sad and angry anymore. And at that point, when you start to say that to yourself, that's when you need to change it. When you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm done feeling this way. And it goes back to that gratitude piece. What is going well in my life right now? And that is the first step to changing your mood. I think that's great. So you just kind of take a moment and you know what? It could be something simple. Get, be proud of yourself for waking up and making your bed. Be proud of yourself for waking up and having a glass of water. Be proud of yourself for doing the basic things that you're doing in life just to live. Because sometimes that does take a lot. So that's okay to start there. Like you said, you don't have to just, you're not going to just get to the top of the mountain. You need to, you need to take it one step at a time. So start by simply showing gratitude for yourself in little ways. It it doesn't always have to be what society has deemed big. Consider, I always love to say, consider every win, just a win. Stop saying a little win or a big win. A win is a win, no matter what it was. Yeah. That that's another thing that, uh, that uh, is a good point that you made is uh, our opinions are formed by other people a lot of times. And that's another reason why we don't go after our goals because we're worried about what other people think about that goal or, or what they may think if we fail or, or what, what have you. And that's why you need to surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up. And, and I'm not telling you like you're going to have people that are going to be yes people because I think people should be honest with you. If, if, if they feel that you're doing something harmful or, or not, that not good for yourself, they should be able to, to tell you and you shouldn't, you know, hopefully take that as a grain of salt and not get upset with them and, and see that they're coming from a loving hand, not, not, not just being negative, just to be negative. Uh, but when you surround yourself with people that, that push you, that may even be where you want to be, that, that would be ideal. If, if say like you want to be, I don't know, you want to be the greatest painter, or, or the greatest painter you want to be, and you have a friend that's a, that, that's at a higher level than you right now as a painter, don't build, be jealous of this person because maybe they got to that level before you did or you started before them and they got there. Instead, ask them, wow, you're doing such a great job. What did you do to get to that level? And a lot of times they're going to feel touched that you asked them that question and they'll help you get to that level. Um, the worst thing you could do is, is compare yourself to somebody else because you do not know where their starting line is and you don't know where their finishing line is. All you can do is be the best person you can be and just leave it, leave it to go with that. And if you have goals and people tell you that's crazy, but you have a fire in the belly, whatever that goal is, and it really is driving you, you need to go forward with that. It, it, it's, it's a calling to you. Don't worry about what other people think about it. There's going to be people that are going to say that's crazy. I mean, I'm reading a book right now about Walt Disney and he took a friend to Anaheim 
and it was just orange groves. And he's talking about fantasy land and tomorrow land. And the, the, his friends looking at him going, you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't see nothing but orange groves there. And, and, and now, now look at how big Disneyland is and all the parks in the world. So, so, so trust your gut. And if you have a fire in the belly, keep moving forward. Don't worry about what other people think, because there's going to be people out there that are going to be naysayers, but there's going to be other people that are going to go keep going. And those are the people that you want in your life. Yes. So I want to highlight two things that you said that I find extremely important. I want to bring attention to the whole, do not compare yourself to anyone else because you have no idea what their story is. You are on two completely different journeys and you have no idea what it's taken for them to get there. It could take you more, but it could also take you less. So you never know. Stop comparing yourself to someone else and just move forward. Do your thing. Like you said, don't be afraid to ask for help. Ask for references. See what their journey was. Find out what their story was and how they did get there. Maybe it will help you and maybe it'll maybe it won't because you can only do things in the way that it is meant for you and the way it resonates. And you have your own story to write and your own journey to take. So I, I love that one. Don't compare yourself to others. You never you never know. You just, you just never know what it took for them to get there. And there's no reason why you can't get there too. Just because you're not there right now doesn't mean you can't get there too. The other thing I want to highlight is do it for yourself, not for someone else. You, you know what? We, everything has to start from inside the mind before it manifests into a physical that, I mean, I always talk about manifestation in general. Everyone thinks that manifestation is like this magical spell where all of a sudden, like you wave a magic wand and what you want is in front of you. Realistically, manifestation is simply the physical embodiment of a thought, purpose, idea, intention, goal, dream, all that fun stuff. So the thing is, in order to see what it is that you've been trying to bring into fruition come true, you have to make the moves. And the thing is, people can't read your mind. And we live in a society where actions speak louder than words. People want to see it to believe it. So if you're just telling people what it is that you want to do and you're sharing your ideas, they're more likely going to shut you down because they're just ideas. And if you take that shutdown and you take that negative response and you allow it to stop you from moving forward, you're not ever going to be able to actually make it happen. There won't ever actually be a physical manifestation of what it is that you've been trying to bring forward. So I think it's so important to either keep it to yourself if you can't handle the rejection or be prepared for the rejection, be prepared to continue to move forward regardless of what anyone else has to say because it's your journey and only you have what it takes to take what's in your mind and make it happen in real life and to make it a reality. Well said. I, I agree with it hundred percent. Thank you. Well, you know what? I, I, I've dealt with that myself a lot, you know, where people put that doubt in your head and you don't move forward. I've found myself actually at many roadblocks where luckily I was able to eventually get myself either around or over them, but I did pause and I did stop for much longer than I would have liked to, because I was like, oh, no one believes in it. No one knows what I'm doing. No one gets, it doesn't make any sense. They said it's not going to happen. They said it's not real. We'll make it real. That's what I realized. Make it real. They said it's not going to happen. We'll show them. Instead of saying, oh, you know what? This is what I want to do. You're going to feel better anyways, being like, hey, this is what I did. Absolutely. You know, with manifesting for me, I, you know, that, this is how I do my ma manifesting is I manifest what my goal is. And I also picture the challenges that would come up in that in that manifestation. And I picture 
what I'm going to do to get over those challenges and what I'm going to do, the steps I'm going to take to get to my goal. Because what's crazy about that is a lot of times those challenges don't, do come out and I'm like, oh, wow, I, I thought about a solution already to that challenge that was coming up. And, and so it just helps you. Manifestation to me is like uh, picturing the action to take place and, and you picture yourself already there. You know, you, you're at the top of the mountain, but you, you have a picture of how you got there step by step by step. And it's crazy how often that, that those stuff happens in your journey that you already pictured. So that, that to me is what I do when I'm manifesting. Yes, that's fantastic. Yeah. Don't just envision the final product, envision the journey. Don't mm -hmm. just envision the final destination. To, like, think about what it's going to take for you to get there. What do you have to do? You mm -hmm. can't just wake up and be there. I mean, in some situations, maybe you can. I'm not saying that that's not possible too. And, yeah. you know, things do happen. It, but realistically, you got to put the work in if you want yeah. to see the results. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you got to put in the hard work. And, and it goes back to your why. How, how bad is your why? If you have a strong enough why, I'm going to tell you, you can do anything. But if you don't, and you don't feel good about yourself, that, that, that's when things get shaky and you start coming up with excuses and starting backing out and going back in that comfort zone. I love that. I really do. You know what? It just goes back to the simplicity of, like you said, it doesn't matter if they say you can't do it. If you want to do it, you can do it. You just have to want it enough. So find that purpose, speak your truth, know your why, and believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge your worth. Realize that you can do it. You can, that that's it. You can do it. Yeah. And give yourself grace when you're having those bad moments because you'll have those bad moments and it's okay to feel bad for yourself. And there's days where you might be on the couch, you know, and not being productive and don't beat yourself up for it. Just rest. And then maybe the next day, okay, I feel better. Let's go, you know, but don't feel bad for yourself that not every day is going to be 100 because we're human beings. That's not, that's not reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't be hot on yourself for the days that you're not feeling your best. Just know that your best is in there and that you're still capable of bringing it out at any point in time. Yep. Yep. If you only have 50%, give yourself 50%. If you only have 25, give yourself 25, you know, give the best you can for that day. Oh, I love that. And show the gratitude to yourself for being yep. able to give yourself, even if you're only able to give yourself 5% of who you yep. are, show yourself gratitude for even giving yourself that. Yep. If, if you just do one thing productive or do one step, one, one step forward, you know, that's a win. Oh, Paul, this has been an absolutely incredible conversation. I am so grateful that we were able to take this time. You know, I, I could actually use this as an example of what we're talking about because I had a plan. I haven't fully planned. I'm, I'm still new. This is a newer podcast. This is only going to be the fifth episode as I release this episode where we're chatting. And I'm still well, getting- I'm honored. I'm one of the originals. <laughs> you are. You are. You're, you're going to be a founding guest of Mindfully Chaotic. <laughs> and, right on. Yeah, I'm still kind of working out the kinks of how, how it's going to go and- how many episodes I have prepared ahead of time to release right now. I've been recording episodes and then releasing them that same week. So I had a guest lined up for today. This week ends in just a couple of days. So, you know, if I, I was counting on getting this episode out as soon as I possibly can and my guest rescheduled at the last moment, which was fine. I was so scared to reach out to you. Cause I'm like, he's going to be like, why is she reaching out to me? Literally the day of to set up an interview. And then I thought about it. What's worst case scenario. He says he can't. Okay, then we'll yeah, big deal, right? Yeah, big deal. It's it's going to be a no if you don't ask. It's always going to be a no. One hundred percent of the time, it's going to be a no if you don't ask. 
I actually love that motto. It's always going to be a no if you don't ask. That is great. Honestly, this has been so fantastic. Like I said, I it definitely got me going. It definitely made me feel like really excited. And I'm hoping it does the same for our listeners. I'm sure it does. I want to take a moment to kind of give you a chance to tell them about how they can find you if, if they maybe want to work with you, chat with you, listen to you, another, another, anything, put it out there. How do we well, I, find Paul Fortune? I appreciate you asking that question. So a, a couple ways, the, the, easiest, uh, the two easiest ways to get in touch with me is through my website, acalltoaction.coach. That's acalltoaction.coach. Um, I, I even have my, you can book an appointment with me on my website. I even have my cell phone on there. So if you are old school and just want to call me to make an appointment, we could do it that way. And I actually have a, a free ebook, down, a downloadable ebook on my website on how you can rewrite your story and how you can maximize your day and how, and how I was able to rewrite my story. It's on there free. So if you want that, you can go on there and you just get that. And the second way to get, get, um, uh, get in touch with me is through my, my Facebook group called Rewrite Your Story. It's a group, people all over the world, able to share their stories with us and there's no judgment. We're only there to support. We have monthly meetups uh, once a month where we get together in, in a virtual life setting and we allow people a space to tell what's been going on and the group's there to just be supportive. We just had a uh, meetup uh, earlier this week. We brought on a uh, relationship therapist because the February is the month of love. So we just talked about healthy boundaries and it was a great conversation and every came, everybody came away with it feeling good. So. If you want to be a part of the uh, the Facebook group, rewrite your story. Uh, love to have you in there. Oh, that sounds awesome! And I know I'm definitely going to be checking that out myself. Awesome. Yeah, this is great. So you know, you do work because I know I'm over here in Boston, and mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you're in the beautiful sunny California right now. Yep. Which I'm definitely jealous because we had a gorgeous day yesterday. It was like 65 and sunny, but like what we call that is fall spring. It's like the pre-spring where all of a sudden we're getting another 12 inches of snow this week. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. it's okay, it's fine. You know, it'll give us you know great. I can I can show some gratitude and say it'll give me some time to stay in and reflect on some of the moves that we're gonna make. You know, take that's right. It is what it is. But the reason I'm asking this is so you do work virtually as well? Yeah, basically now, uh, uh, I know COVID's been very, very tough for, for a lot of people. But um, one of the one of the things that came out of COVID is is Zoom, right? So a lot of people are now very comfortable opening up Zoom and having a conversation through me virtually. So because of that, I have clients all over the United States now because of, of, of Zoom. And even my clients now locally, especially with COVID and everything like that, they're like, you know what, Paul, let's just let me fire up my laptop and, and I'll talk to you that way. I don't want to have to go somewhere. So it becomes easier. But the cool thing now with COVID restrictions lifting is uh, I'm getting back into doing my workshops and I'm actually doing one March 12th uh, in the Southern California area in the Long Beach area, Long Beach Playhouse, where it's going to be an event. We're going to have, uh, it's a free event. We're going to have breakfast and we're going to do the things that we kind of were talking about in this, in this interview. We're going to look at an environment for people to be vulnerable to share and 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 feel the, the love that they're not going to be judged for what they're saying so they can push their comfort zone so they they can clear their mind for goal setting and they can 
feel better about themselves so they can take back their pen and start writing the story they want because a lot of us are not a pilot for for whatever reason we're 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 adulting right we do things for our kids we're doing this and that we're not really living life we're living life for friday right we're just oh man i can't wait for friday well you're 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 losing four days there why not have happiness on all the days so that's why we need our pen and write our story because we want to be intentional about what we write. I'm not telling anybody to quit their job or anything like that, but I'm just saying, really think about what you really want in life because we only got one life to live it. So we might as well live it the way we want to live it. And we are the author to our story. So we might as well take back our pen and write the story we want for ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. That, thank you. That all sounds so great and I, there it is. There it goes. It doesn't matter where you are in this world. If you want to dig a little deeper into this, pick up that pen and write your own story. You can find Paul Fortune absolutely anywhere online. Check out his website. I'll put the stuff in the description as well. It makes it a little easier to find. But um, there you go. I love it. You know what? Just a couple quick takeaways before we end this. If you if you don't ask, it's always going to be no. Embrace the journey. And if you want it enough, you can get it. So go for it. That's right. If you believe you can achieve. If you believe you can achieve. That has been great. I want to take a quick moment to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. It's been honestly such an awesome time having this conversation with you, Paul. So I want to show you as much gratitude as possible. And just thank you, thank you, thank you again for taking your time to share this with all of us. And that's really it for today. So like I said, if you want to... Uh, you know, continue this any further, please don't hesitate to reach out to Paul. And that's really it. Thank you for listening to Mindfully Chaotic. I'm Amanda Marie, and this was Paul Fortune, everybody. Thank you, guys.